Hello again. My name is Adam, and I've never seen Planet of the Apes. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fine Owl Watch It. My name is Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And as you heard up top, we are joined, as always, by our friend Adam. And this is the show where we show someone, could be anyone, could be someone we know, a stranger or a dear friend, an (laughs) ape, a movie they've never seen before, and we believe they should have, as you heard. We are covering this week Planet of the Apes, and this whole month, which we are calling Ape Roll. (laughs) (laughs) The pause is what makes it all much better. Nice beat. Um, We are covering the Planet of the Apes series, so we'll watch some of the originals, maybe some of the remakes, sequels. Still to be determined, but we hope you stay with us and Are come on Are we watching Planet journey. Earth just like an Apes episode? Because that <laughs> just, might be better than like just what that, happens that, later like, on. That Disney um, documentary <laughs> Chimps. Geographic. Right, yeah. Oh. Might be better off. God. So The magical. thing where Jane Goodall teaches Coco to sign, we'll watch that too. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, there's too many Planet of the Apes movies, I think, to cover in one single month. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to, we'll, we'll do a smattering and then you'll have to wait till next ape roll to watch us finish the rest of them, I guess. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that deep dive would be a month. Dude, I, I could do a whole Planet of the Apes podcast series, a mini series. A season? Like serial. Just a season yeah. of the apes. <laughs> season of the apes. The flowers are coming in, the apes are out. Yep. Yeah. yep. So, Adam, you have not seen this movie. Tell me more about that. Uh, so yeah, I have not seen this movie. I think this falls squarely into the it was old, I didn't care uh, series of things. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that's not it's not the correct opinion to have, necessarily. I just think that, that growing up, that mm-hmm. was kind of how it was. Is that if, if someone didn't specifically show it to me, I wasn't going to seek it out. If it was older than, say, the 80s, probably. Mm-hmm. Which would have taken a, a parent or an uncle or a grandparent or something to show it to me because everybody in my circle would have been like 80s and forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is most likely why it never would have come up. I honestly don't even know why I wouldn't have sought this out. I've talked about doing this before where a remake comes out or a sequel comes out or something in a long dead franchise is going to come out. And so then I go back and watch the original before going to watch the new one because that can either help with the enjoyment of the new one because they'll have references and Easter eggs and that kind of stuff is always cool. Or it could hurt because the old ones are much, much better and the sequels can't possibly live up to it or the remakes can't possibly do it justice. So I just watched a good thing and then watched a worse version of the same thing. <laughs> so it's a it's a real catch-22 in that, in that regard. But I don't even know why I wouldn't have gone back to, to watch this when the most recent Ape trilogy came out, one of which we will be covering. I believe towards the end of the month is we're going in somewhat chronological order. But I, so I don't even know why I would have skipped it then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just, I don't have a thing for monkeys or apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not like, I, that's not one of my favorite animals. I don't think that I have a favorite animal, but it, 
you're not in fourth grade, so why yeah. would you as an adult? <laughs> well, because you know that maybe the favorite animal carries you through or whatever. That's but, true. Um, Shout out horse girls. <laughs> what are you doing now? Are you okay? <laughs> How's therapy? <laughs> So yeah, I, I it wouldn't have been one of those things where it's like, oh man, like I love seeing a an ape do a thing, and I know that they're people in costumes. I know they're not real, um, but I don't I don't know why I wouldn't have even gone it back to check when those new ones came out because I saw the new ones in theaters, but I just just missed this and never sought to to go back to it. So I'm excited for the month though. Yeah, I know you mentioned there's things you know about this movie. How much do you think you've absorbed via osmosis? Because it is heavily referenced throughout pop culture. All of it, maybe? Like, I, yeah. It's hard to say because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> That's true. But all of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know astronauts. And like I, I hesitate to give away too much in case you're watching along with us and you haven't seen it yet. So beware spoilers, I guess. I know the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Charlton Heston's in it. Uh, and he wants those damn dirty apes to get their damn hands off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that he's he's an astronaut and he's on some kind of journey and he stumbles across the planet of the apes. Uh, there's a character named Dr. Zaius in this one, I believe. Uh, I saw Troy McClure do a musical version say, on there, The Simpsons. You have to know yeah. the uh, song. Yeah. That, that whole bit. Having never seen the movie, that whole bit is still hilarious to me that he's doing this like, off, off, off Broadway musical version of Planet of the Apes. Uh, my favorite line from that is, can I play the piano anymore? And he's like, of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> Great. Uh, I know the ending is is copied almost verbatim at the end of, I want to say Spaceballs, where they like, you see an object on the beach and then a literal like Planet of the Apes character comes riding up to exactly mirror the end of this movie if i didn't already know that i knew it then from from seeing that mel brooks movie and then i assume that the rest of it is just they want to put him in monkey jail and wonder why this person is on their planet and he's got to escape and figure out a way home like i think that's just the gist of it uh beyond that i don't know any other details but that seems like a pretty Pretty broad overview of the exact. There's nothing like broad about what you just said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, is that well? It's really just the beginning and the end. Astronaut goes, finds Planet of the Apes, and then ending that I know. Uh, what happens in between then? I don't really know, but it it seems like it's just a a whole bunch of miscommunications and anger, and I gotta get home. But also, I might kill you because you're different than me. So, Could be. Yeah. So it seems like that's what the <laughs> what the movie is. But how about you guys? Because you guys have been super excited for this. I think we mentioned possibly doing this like a year ago. And it finally came around to the perfect... I think we were down between Monkey March and Ape roll. And we yeah. <laughs> yeah. we instead did Missing Hand March, uh, unbeknownst to us. And now we're fully invested in, in the month. Wasn't so... that Mandible March? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mandible Claw. Um, but yeah, why, why don't you guys tell me what you, what your kind of history is with it? How did you first see it and how, why do you love it so much? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen fourth grade in decades, but I'm an ape dude. Yeah. <laughs> love apes. I think, uh, replicating the ape with a human inside is inherently hilarious <laughs> in every piece of media. Like I've enjoyed 
just Chewbacca is funny. Like <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons is funny. Like that shit is hilarious to me. Yeah. The Liberty Bank mascot. On Correct. The all of it. During tax. The Jack Link Sasquatch. All of it is so <laughs> good. I love every bit of it. I loved the stuff that we watch with the holiday special. So I just inherently like human beings and ape suits. So like I'm already like on board before the 20th century fanfare hits. You know what I mean? <laughs> My history with this movie. My uncle was a huge fan of this series. Uh, I remember when we first got a DVD player in the house. It wasn't just a single DVD player. It was a carousel DVD player, like a CD player, like a five-disc changer. And my uncle says, I have five discs to put into it. (laughs) (laughs) And he had the whole box set there Christmas morning right along with the, uh, the carousel DVD player. That's amazing. Um, and we uh, started what was a short-lived uh, tradition, which was Apathon. Yeah, okay. um, it only happened for, I think, a ha- one and a half years. But, Before um, somebody was like, no, please, no more. Apes. Right. I don't think he was invited back after the vlog. That's why he didn't <laughs> brought it back. But, yeah, I've seen the first one a bunch. It's just a seminal sci-fi classic. It's great. Charleston Heston is great in it. Uh soundtrack all of it is just like great 60s sci-fi in the vein of like you know soylent green and body snatchers and all those other ones yeah i love it as a science fiction picture love it because it's a human and ape costume movie but i think it has a lot to say during that particular time period and there's a lot of cool nifty tricks they do cinematically with it that are cool the subsequent ones in the series i've been beneath the planet of the apes uh and then it gets pretty hazy for me after that so i know i've seen all of them i've seen the sequels seen the tim burton one i've seen the newer ones like the andy circus ones mm-hmm. i think that's it for remake apathon apes or whatever mm-hmm. um i kind of enjoyed most of them to be quite honest with you yeah i don't know kind of dig them Dig apes. Dig apes. Dig movies and apes. <laughs> Dude. What about you, Bridget? I I love these movies. I was raised on them. We also had that five-disc set at one point. But more importantly, when my parents were still together, one of them, I believe my mother, taped all five of the original in the series off of, like, AMC or TCM. Mm-hmm. And we had those, and my brother and I would watch them all the time. And I just remember they had those weird, like, TCM insert shots. Remember they would always have, like, the film critics sit yeah. in the room with the books and the leather chair and talk about where some wells or bu- yeah. bullshit. So they had that, but instead of a man, it was like an ape in a smoking oh jacket. Oh my god, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yes. All right, we're going to have to find this. Give me some of that <laughs> to track so, this down. In between the the films, you know. Oh, that's great. Um, but my mother loves these movies to the point that when I was still in the womb, because they didn't know my gender, that wasn't a thing in 1991. She and my father called me Cornelius because it was oh just you're just like just this little monkey creature. So I adore the original series. I should say I. Did rewatch them all recently. I made Brian watch them with me. This movie in particular, the first one, really holds up. The other ones have a lot to say. It's not always good, <laughs> but I do think it's worth hearing them out. 
Uh, I have not seen the Tim Burton one probably since it came out. I've seen one of the new Andy Serkis series, and I'll save my thoughts for that episode. Okay. It wasn't the first one, though. Like, it was that'll not be the new, first That'll one. be new to you if that's the one we pick. Yeah. Okay. It was the third. No. Oh, okay. So. But, yeah, just, like, it's another movie that it is hard for me to separate any point in my life that Planet of the Apes was not a part of. Always been on planet. I've, I've always, I've lived on the planet of the apes. Okay. I'm a citizen. I pay taxes here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may not have been born there. Although you might have been. If Although called I you, should, <laughs> called you In the womb. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for you to see it. Even though it, it is, it's permeated culture, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, how how much do you think nostalgia will play into it? Seeing it for the first time, do you think it holds up as on its own or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, because I'm, I'm a little worried because of the the prosthetics and the kind of 1960s of it all mm-hmm. that it might not hold up to criticism or scrutiny. So I'm gonna try to go in with the the rom com bar of let's just let this have, be fun and ride it out. Uh, but we know I can't hold myself to that standard sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm interested to see how that'll play out. It'll be my mother calling and complaining, like, just just enjoy it. <laughs> just men in monkey suits. Just Don't overthink on. it. We need to do a live episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need Collins. Knowing the ending and seemingly it being kind of twist-esque, how much does me knowing that do you think will impact my ability to enjoy it? Is that like such a big reveal that it makes it the seminal classic that it is? Or does the movie stand on its own even knowing that through line? I think it stands on its own. Okay. I think it the the score is impeccable. It keeps you in it because it's sci-fi. I think you'll be so in the movie. I want to believe that you will be so taken in by it that... At a certain point, you'll stop thinking about the big reveal. Gotcha. You might even forget about it. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, and there's a a secondary twist that I think is forgotten that does occur near the end of the movie that I think is the bigger emotional and intellectual gut punch of this movie. Okay. And it's I think overshadowed by the larger twist. Okay. Were you guys aware of either going in the first time that you saw it, or you were just kids and you had no idea? Right. And <laughs> well, I think even the whoever designed the DVD cover has got to get fired. Oh, because it's... Or hopefully they're long dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it does have the Statue of Liberty on the front of the cover. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, dead giveaway. Sorry, okay. listeners. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm trying to think of... The first time I was consciously watching this movie and trying to take in the plot. Yeah, maybe and I an think it was so. It probably I, was so big at the time. I was probably just watching it like monkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still that way. <laughs> and nothing's changed. I think the execution will still be like you'll still feel it. You'll still be like, oh man, I, I, this would have felt great to watch, opposed to like, yeah, I knew that. You yeah, know what okay. I mean? Like, you'll feel, like, the weight of it culminating to that. Yeah. But I don't think it's anything like a crux for the movie. Like, everything that came before it is 
excellent. You know what I mean? It's yeah. great stuff. Well, it's like I don't remember the first time I saw Empire Strikes Back, so I can't think of like what I found out when I realized that, you know, the ending of that movie, but it still holds up and was still amazing, and I still loved it, even though... Right, but like even like that is a great example. Is like even though that that moment defined that movie and like that era when people came out and watched it, like you get you can't believe what happened. Like mm-hmm. in retrospect now, people like it's the greatest sequel or one of the greatest sequels of all time, not because of that moment. Yeah, exactly. Because of just how well executed the movie is. Gotcha. Okay. Now, have you seen what other Charleston has movies? Have you seen what's your? I honestly don't know. I don't know that I've seen any where he's like the lead. I feel like I saw things later in his career where he would have been like a cameo or a bit player. So you haven't seen Ten Commandments, haven't seen Ben-Hur? Nope. I think those are all on the list, too. I honestly don't think I've seen anything of his. At least any of the, the big ones, like you mentioned. You know, No Soil in Green. Oh, like I saw Wayne's World 2 where he's good actor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm like, what's... Th- What's the movie that he's in? Yeah, that's it. That he's like sitting, he gives that crazy monologue at the gas station. It's Wayne's World too. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean. Like I've seen stuff like that where he just happens to show up. Like he's the narrator in Hercules, the animated movie. It says he's the the narrator in Armageddon. Which I don't remember there being a narrator, but apparently he's the narrator. Any given Sunday, he's the commissioner. Uh, so I have seen that. And then... Yeah, that's it. That's that's really it. So yeah, nothing. I have no. Okay. I know him more from his work with the NRA than I do his his Got movie it. career. And even then, it's just a passing. Look at this guy up here ranting. Look at this old man ranting. Right. So I mean, I know that he's got these seminal roles, and he was in these big tentpole movies for the '60s and the '50s that he dominated the box office in terms of like big scale and spectacle and stuff that you had never seen before right um, but i've never i still have not seen them so for all i know cinema's never never gone past that <laughs> what even is a blockbuster who knows do you guys have opinions one way or the other on them what are some of your other favorites besides this i, I mean bet her and ten commandments are always big ones in my house because my dad always liked the biblical epics. Mm. Anytime they were on during Easter or Christmas, they had to be spun or watched. At some point, it was always an event in the house. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, listen, I enjoy, as an adult, I enjoy them way more. Before, when you're just five or six, you could give a hoot. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, where are the apes? Yeah, where are the apes? There's no apes in this. <laughs> yeah, the ten apes. That would have been the great. Ten apes. Um, He's great. I, I mean, he's got a great screen presence, um, but I think I like this one because it's digestible, and it's under three hours, and it's sci-fi, and it's not a four-hour biblical epic, which takes a lot of time out of your day. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've also never seen Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur. Oh, really? Those were not, just not a thing when I was growing up. Um we would instead watch all five Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy Heston as a performer. Something that Brian and I talked about when we were watching these movies. It's just refreshing to see someone who looks like a normal person and has their real teeth in a movie. That is something <laughs> right. you will notice in this, and it's refreshing. So, no, it's Hollywood fakeness. Right. Yep. Okay, fair enough. All right. 
Anything else? I'm ready to go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to visit. Let's... How do I want to put this? Start the countdown. Adam, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it. are back. We just finished 1968's Planet of the Apes. We've crash-landed back on Earth. Adam, how do you feel? Fine. Fine? Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was It was okay. I, it didn't wow me. For periods towards the end, I was getting a little bored. Okay. Um, but it's fine. Okay. Like, I think it's a solid 60s movie. The... We'll get into this, I'm sure, but, like, the apes looked much better than I anticipated they would. Like, I'd seen them before, but never in full context, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I had a feeling they might look a, a bit more aged than they end up being. Other than, like, lips not moving, it looks pretty good. The story was more or less what I, what I knew going in, that they were astronauts, they crash land on a planet. They think it's a different planet, full of, of apes and ape-like creatures and humans that can't speak and are very primitive and primal and then it's just a matter of i thought it was him trying to get home or trying to like figure his shit out which like it kind of is but it's mostly about teaching this civilization that they they got humans wrong essentially so that was i mean that was fine i but again like towards the end i was kind of being like can we get like we've had a lot of arguments about is he a mutant is he weird is he whatever and (laughs) Uh, like the subtext is there and they lay it on pretty hard about like religion and science and all these different things. And it honestly feels more apt today than it probably did in 1968 or 1972 or whenever. Um, but I, it didn't wow me. Mm -hmm. I'm not like blown away by it. Uh, you know, I had some laughs here and there at some of the like ridiculous things. I don't think I was sold enough on like from Johnny's perspective, just people in, in ape costumes. That didn't uh, that didn't tickle my fancy as much as I think maybe it did for <laughs> for you. Uh, some of the stuff was fun, like the the way they walk is kind of ape like and a little silly, and that that got some chuckles out of me. But overall, I think it was just fine. I'm not I'm not down on the month. Like I'm still ready okay. to watch like the sequel. I want to see where it goes from there because mm-hmm. it does kind of set up a 
a future, although I think I know something about the sequel that tells me it's a different kind of movie, but uh, ultimately I just thought it, I thought it was fine. Okay. How about you guys? How was this watch for you? This movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I... We were just talking, like, this movie's great. It is great. Uh, but I God help us if Adam doesn't love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, because you're in for a month. Like, but... No, I, I, I agree. The second half, the, the rhythm and the fluidity of the movie kind of crawls a bit when yeah. they get into the Forbidden Zone. Um, there's a lot of, like, the trial stuff going on. Jerry Goldsmith's score is gone for long stretches that That's kind true. of, like, is the heartbeat of the movie. That's almost a heartbeat. It's it's the rhythm. It's sort of just the... It's the drum beat. <laughs> it's the drum beat, yeah, because that's really what it is in xylophones and mm-hmm. other fun little things. Yeah. I read on the trivia page that Jerry Goldsmith claimed to have composed part of this in a gorilla mask. That's awesome. Fantastic. Love it. See, that's the kind all of shit I'm into for this. Yeah, really. Just, you hear about method acting all the time. I don't ever hear about yeah. method composing, and I want more of that. Like, I want to know that Hans Zimmer did the Batman score in a Batman mask. Like, I want to hear that, you know, Michael Giacchino puts on a different superhero mask for every Marvel movie he does. Yeah. Like, that's, method composing is the new the new hotness that I right. want to hear about in Hollywood. So, Jared Goldsmith is the original Gorillaz member. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, I, I love it. This movie is just, it's it's quiet and unassuming and... I don't know. It has. I like the fun with the. Uh, it's a fun with the time dilation and trying to figure out what, if it's the future or the past, what's going on. Charleston Heston is just ridiculous. The mm-hmm. teeth are great. <laughs> um, I feel like there's an enormous amount of ADR in this movie, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm assuming all of the apes. All is, the apes. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times Charleston Heston has a, quite a bit of it too, but. The landscapes are great. The cinematography's great. I don't know. Yeah, just just good 60s sci-fi. Not whiz-bang wow way, but like in a novel storytelling kind of way. Revealing a yeah. little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. I it? love this movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I, and watching it with you and then trying to see it through your eyes, I did realize I do bring a big nostalgia factor mm-hmm. with me when I watch this movie. Yeah, me too, yeah. But... So you guys said it wouldn't be that way. <laughs> see, but I do think that there are a lot of things that I wish modern movies would take from this, particularly scouting locations and, and mm-hmm. finding these really beautiful, awesome places to shoot and... It's just the Grand Canyon. Like, it seems like it's the Grand Canyon or the whatever that desert is in california where they filmed star trek and a million other things they yeah somewhere in arizona or something like that they yeah it's really great that the first part of the movie when they're in what you will come to find out is the forbidden zone everything does look so foreboding and the three astronauts look so small and you feel scared and then you see the scarecrows and you're like what the fuck? Absolutely not. I remember being terrified of them when I was little. There's just so many stark images mm-hmm. in this movie. And even the goofy ones, you know, they're, they'll are they be burned into your mind forever. 
for better or for worse. So many snap zooms. Oh, mm-hmm. oh the the one that got me was the little Amer when he's planting the little American flag and it zooms in on the flag and then it cuts to Charlton Heston's maniacal laugh and does another <laughs> zoom into his face. He thinks that's yeah, right. Yeah. There are parts of this movie that are a little bit all over the place, but I don't know. I'm also I'm a big Rod Serling fan. I love Twilight Zone. That milieu, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm all about. Yeah, and it feels very Twilight Zone. Like I didn't know he had any hand in this, and then as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, okay, this kind of makes a lot of sense. Because this seems like an extended Twilight Zone episode. Right. Uh, granted, I think it probably ends up being like four Twilight Zone episodes of four or five of them, considering the runtime. But it definitely ha- feels right at home in that genre of, we're going to play with your expectations a little bit, and then, oh my god, it's more realistic than you could have imagined, because it's Earth. Yeah. You know, that feels very much like a Twilight Zone twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a little bit differently, I think, than both of you. I like the end quite a bit. That, like, last third, when you he starts to be able to speak, you have the trial, then you have his conversation with Dr. Zayas separately, and everything that goes on in the Forbidden Zone, that... Russell's oh, I, I, I enjoy it. It just, the movie kind of changes pace. It does. Yes. When it comes to, once they're speaking, like, the trial, it's, we're learning quite a bit, which I love. But, like, again, the score is gone. The sweeping cinematography is gone. It's claustrophobic. We're inside. It's interior shots. We're not, like, outside for a good stretch until we get to the Forbidden Zone, and then things sort of, like, pick up again. It's like, okay, where are we going now? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it just, it slows down a bit too much. I don't mind that we go inside. I don't mind that we lose the vistas. It's more so that it's a lot of scenes right in a row that all feel very similar. So it's, he's got to explain that he can speak and then he teaches uh, Cornelius that he can speak. So like, the doctor believes him because she sees him write the note. Then we've got to convince Cornelius. Then we go to convince this other person. Then we gotta convince the tribunal. Then Doctor Zayas admits he knows the whole time. Then we gotta convince the nephew. It just seems like a, an awful lot right in a row of, no, look, he's a he's a man, yes, but look, he speaks and he thinks and he writes stuff down. It's like okay, this is the third scene in a row now where I've watched him do this miraculous thing of existing. Uh, there's some redundancy for sure. Yeah, and it just kind of becomes a little like, okay, like I know that they're not supposed to believe him. Like they're supposed to be skeptics. They they have religious doctrine here, uh, but as a viewer, it's like, okay, maybe one less of those, or maybe find some new wrinkle on that because it seemed like they were all very similar, and that slows the movie down a lot to where I'm just like, okay, can we can we get through this part to either he gets executed or he goes on trial or like something else happens that breaks up this repetitiveness. Right. Cause I think the movie does a good job in the beginning of smartly showing you a couple of things, writing in the sand and the paper airplane, things yeah. like that. And then it gets to like, there's an overwhelming amount of evidence that this guy is smart, like the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And these guys still don't get it because there's so I get, I yeah. get it. Yeah. But yeah. it's, I also get what you're saying. Cause it's like, wake up, what's going on? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> As the viewer, like, I'm smart enough to understand that this is an allegory for people denying science and doing all this stuff. And they're these people who stick to prophecies and the religious texts and ancient scrolls and all this stuff. But from the standpoint of, like, enjoying it, 
I'm like, okay, I like I I get it. I get the subtext. Yeah. Can I have a different wrinkle to it? Something new, like when they were gonna say, like I think it was in the trial where they're like, he can't think, like he doesn't use logic. I was expecting him to solve some kind of logic puzzle or like do something above and beyond just repeating. No, I'm from another planet. What did you get about that? Like, dude, you're just reiterating the same thing over and over again. He's giving you the opportunities. Like, he's opening the door to be like, do something amazing. And you're just like, I'm from Earth. What's that about, right? Spaceships. I'm like, no, come on. Do something different. <laughs> right. So I think that was more it. That, like, if they had done something, added new wrinkles with each one of those, it wouldn't have felt so repetitive. And it wouldn't have ground the movie to a halt for me. Yeah. That's really the only repetitive part that I really see in the Yeah, movie. exactly. Like, but beyond that, there's almost always something interesting to say, scene after scene, locale after locale. Because mm-hmm. even when we get to the Forbidden Zone, and you see the artifacts, and you see the doll and the glasses, like that's a new wrinkle. That's something different that is providing evidence for this. It's not just like, but I'm a man who can talk. <laughs> so like, even that part of it, it's fine, but I had already kind of, right. not checked out, but... I'd taken it back a little bit and I had to kind of fight to get into it again because of those repetitive right. scenes. So I think that ends up being my like biggest hurdle for this. Cause I was having a really good time up until the get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. And then it completely skids from then until it kind of picks back up at the forbidden zone again. Right. Yeah. At that point it does feel a lot like its own thinking about it now. It does feel like its own little small episode mm-hmm. of Twilight Zone, uh, but it's like the best kind of, you know, you follow a character who's trying against all odds to do a thing. I'm going to try to do it. They keep failing at it for one reason or another, and then you get to the end and they've done it and you go, yay, this is great. And then Rod Serling pulls back and you're like, oh no, like whatever, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, you know, because you are, you want to root for Taylor. You're like, why wouldn't you want the truth to be exposed? And, you know, I think sort of the the twist before the twist is Zayas revealing, like, no, it's, I know why. Like, it, it's not just that he's smart. The reason that we have this is because they have completely obliterated the planet. And yeah. you kind of have to go at the end of the movie, like, is Dr. Zayas right? I, to a point... Some stuff happens in the later movies, but I think it leaves you with some, how would I feel knowing this person was, or this creature, you know, had this kind of capability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that he could devastate a planet Planet. the way that his ancestors did. did. Or successors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Technically, I guess. Because, all right, so just piece this together for me because I kind of have a feeling... They're gone for how long? Like 2,500 Earth years, something like that? I think when he crashes, it's, it's 26, 20... 30, whatever. It's, it's 26 something. When. I thought it was 36 they t- something. They take off, yeah, they take off. It's. Oh, uh, when he's in the. Fr- 3,900, so they've been gone. He says, like, around 3,000 years. Okay. Gotcha. I'm confused because in the beginning he's smoking a cigar, kind of like that's like, twenty six fucking... something. Because they've already been gone for correct. a little bit, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it's thirty something. Yeah, correct. But when they left out. in the It's November. That was the, that was the first snap zoom that we get. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. It's November, Scorpio season. Not to be trusted. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and they left in 1972. They right? leave in 1972. Okay. Yep. 
And then the religious text says it's that 1200 it's 1,200 years, years old. So then, there's a 1,200 to 1,500 year period in between, I guess? Possibly, but I think it goes with the archaeological dig. It's 1,300 for the ape, the evidence of an early primate that they find. Yeah. And then I think another 700 years where they find the human remains. So okay. they get about... Like, so 2,000. Basically yeah, the time is gone. Yeah. So whatever war, whatever decimation of this culture happens, 2,700, 2,500. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty devolved pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> not, full not a scale. huge chunk of time. Okay. But... I just want to make sure it's not, we're, we're not predicting some kind of future that's going to happen like next year or something like no. that. Rock on. Yeah. No, I mean, I get Dr. Zayas's point of being like, okay, I see the history of man proving that they can't be trusted with life, essentially, because they were so flippant about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that moment, I'm like, no, I'm, I guess I'm rooting for Taylor. I wish that he wasn't so curmudgeonly at the beginning and so like, hey, man, he sucks. That's why I love everything sucks. I yeah, can we send a woman you to, a day. Yeah, we sent you to space because you're an asshole and we're glad we'll never see you again. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish that, and obviously he's not the star, but I wish that the other guy who got the the brain... The lobotomy. The lobotomy. I wish he had been the one that survived, because he seemed more optimistic, more jovial, and it, I found it hard to root for Taylor, because he was such a dick before, to his fellow man. Uh, I guess proving the point, but... I wasn't really rooting for him a lot of the times. I was, I guess I was more rooting for Dr. Uh, Soria, what was her name? Zira. Zira. Yeah. Zira. Like, she was the one I wanted to not have anything well, bad happen to. Well, she was the to. only one who wasn't cynical in the movie. Everyone else was like... Yeah. They're just know. a giant ass. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I found the, like, courtroom scene a little hard to watch. Because I'm like, I want, I want her to succeed. I want her to prove the case. I want her to be the winner in all of this. And she's now just in the back watching everybody else argue amongst themselves in the worst way possible. But this, so this is a book, right? It is a book. So the way that I take that sequence is like when we talk about, see, when we talked about Dune, and I said, hey, where's the banquet scene in this new one? Like, that's a great page turn of a chapter, and there's plenty of chapters and books that just don't maybe translate as well as mm-hmm. they do to screen, and they live way better on the pages because... You just your imagination runs, the words are flying, and I I believe that to be probably in the in the book probably way more of a rapid read mm. um, to or get riveting. through. Yeah, yeah. I um, wonder if I would have liked it if there was more if there were more apes in it rather than just the three tribunal members, the lawyer, and then the defense. Like if this had been a big courtroom with a lot of rabble rousing and murmuring and just right. like kind of exposing the society to it that way you see it like a to kill a mockingbird or a mr smith goes to like a lot of rabble rousing a big crowd being right. like you know hushed tones and also and too this. i think maybe if they shot and edited the way they did all the sort of physical action in the movie mm-hmm. where here it's like long takes it's kind of like slow camera movements going around yeah that that would have been you know more you know fun to watch maybe mm-hmm. yeah Here's what's interesting. I've not read the book, but there's no analog to the courtroom scene in the book. Hmm. Hmm. Now, we talked a lot about, you know, there's three people 
credited for the screenwriting in this movie. We have uh, Pierre, what's his name? Bull, who is the original author. We have Rod Serling, who does the first draft and like gives us the big twist ending of the Liberty Statue of Liberty at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third name listed is a guy named Michael Wilson, who is actually blacklisted in Hollywood by the House on Americans Activities Committee. Nice. So he's like one of those people who had to write under a pseudonym, was accused of being a communist. So that's sort of him bringing that Got experience it. in. Okay. Which I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the in real that... life implication I think is more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the... I get its inclusion because this is a person with a lived experience and we talk all the time about writers bringing their lived experiences into mm-hmm. the filmmaking process. So like that aspect of it is cool. Devoid of that information though, the scene is less cool as mm-hmm. a result. Yeah. The ending of the book is pretty good too. What's the ending of the book? So a similar frame, like it starts with this couple sailing in space and they discover a manuscript by a journalist who's like the stand-in for Taylor basically and just like Taylor this journalist travels crash lands on a planet discovers it's run by apes has to go through with it meets a nova makes friends with Zira and Cornelius it's revealed like everything that happened, that they're actually on planet Earth, what have you. At the end of the book, though, Nova has a son, and that son is able to walk and talk. So they're afraid that they're going to be killed because, you know, all the reasons that we saw in the movie. Fearing for their lives, they take the place of the human test subjects in a space flight experiment. And so because all humans look alike to apes, they are able to escape without notice, and they rendezvous with an orbiting ship. Um, they program the ship back to Earth, and as they fly over Paris and the Eiffel Tower, everything looks the same. However, when they land, they are greeted by a field officer in a jeep who is a gorilla. So, like, they get off the planet of the apes. Oh, so the planet of the apes is not Earth in that in the book, mm-hmm. but Earth then becomes... becomes a planet of the apes. Huh. And then pull back further. The couple who are traveling who discover their manuscript turn out to be civilized chimpanzees who throw it out because they're like, that's ludicrous. No human could actually write this story. Huh. Okay. So twist on twist. Yeah. Just keep twisting. I feel like that would have been a lot harder to pull off. Yeah. Mm. Thank goodness they called in Rod Serling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the twist works. Um, Obviously, going in and knowing that it's Earth the whole Mm -hmm. time does kind of take, I feel like, a lot of the suspense element out of it like when because the whole first third is them going like is the atmosphere okay is water potable can we eat does things grow what are we gonna do where are we how many light years away where's the moon right Uh, just all this stuff and i'm like i know it's earth so that kind of becomes a little bit more tedious Mm -hmm. uh you're right though because you said this before that once you once they meet up with the primitive humans and get kidnapped, you forget about where they are and why they're there, and it doesn't really matter. It's now just about survival, which is good. Right. Um, but then when it comes back around to it, and they're like, he's going to find his worst nightmare, and I'm like, he's going to find out that it's Earth, and that they blew it up, and that's sad. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and so, it again, it kind of pulls the rug out from under me a little bit. I don't think that that impacted my enjoyment knowing it, but it was kind it does seem like it would have been a big deal not knowing that going in damn you popular culture right (laughs) 
Yeah, I've watched plenty of movies where I know that, you know, the big reveal or whatever going into, so I do my best to try to, like, vicariously live through the eyes of someone mm-hmm. who has not completely blind. Like, what we had talked immediately when the, the credits rolled, like, what was the reaction yeah. in 1968 when I saw this? Yeah. I mean, if you would have immediately gone out and been like, no war, guys. War is just only going to lead to the Statue of Liberty being blown up. Let's all just protest all of the wars forever. Right. Or apes are sick. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I just imagine Jaws on the floor as the credits roll, and it's just the sound of the waves. No music. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just so grim. Well, it's another thing, too, is, like, how often were movies back then shifting towards, like, hey, not every movie has to be, like, sunshine and smiles and sparkles mm-hmm. and stars and shit. Yeah, this is definitely not a happy ending. No, it's not. It's not even, like, a... It doesn't even end with music. It just ends with the goddamn wave crash, and like you said, just yeah. great. Yeah. It's dark, it's bleak, it's... Very somber. Somber. I would have been maybe a little confused of, like, wait, that's it? Like, I know it's not the time period period for it, but I can imagine them being, like, is there going to be another scene here? Like, I feel like we need to, to yeah. wrap it up. What's he just going to do? Just... I'm sure there are a lot of people pissed, too, to be honest with you. Like, my father's very old school and he watches movies. If it's not a happy ending, he goes, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movie was that? <laughs> I mean... Not done yet. <laughs> so, I can imagine that people like very old school in nature were like, you've got to be kidding me, that's it? Yeah, I mean, even watching it, knowing that that was the ending, I didn't think that was the last scene necessarily. I kind of thought there might be a, like, Dr. Zayas standing behind him being like, see, men destroyed everything, and that's why, you know, some kind of, like, put a bow on it kind of thing. Right. The fact that there wasn't one, I was just like, oh, oh, okay, we're done. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I knew that that was the end, but I didn't realize how much of the end it was. No, right. Instead of throwing our hero a lifesaver at the end, they, you threw him like a kettlebell. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> yes. Well, in a mind... You're not coming too. back from this, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, that's enough to probably drive him insane of being like, how can we do it? Like, he's gonna... Right. I have a feeling he would theoretically just go crazy being like, what? What happened? What did we do? I need to go digging in the caves. I need to find evidence. This, is, this doesn't make any right. sense. Who did this? Like, spiraling out of control and turning into a mental patient. Uh, but we don't get any of that. It's just like, nope, waves. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, the fact that it does, like, it's... It's ballsy. Yeah, it's absolutely ballsy. And it's jarring because you're just like, oh, oh, we're, oh, we're done. You almost have to, like, your brain almost has to hit stop on the VCR to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, all right. I mean, I have to be in credit watching mode and, like, thinking about it mode as opposed to, there's going to be more. I'm prepared for one more scene. Oh, there's no more scenes? No? Right. Okay. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> oh, that was all right. Yeah, what kind of movie is this? <laughs> Any standout performances for you? I mean, Charlton Heston's good doing, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I mentioned he was an asshole, but I think that's the point. Yeah. Um, so he's doing it very well. Uh, his, like, attempts at speaking when his neck was injured, which I thought was great, a great way to handicap him out of the gate so they think he's just like any other human. Uh, I was wondering if it was going to be a thing where he's playing along. He doesn't want to let on that he knows too much because they keep speaking around him and basically giving away all their secrets. Like, I wasn't sure if he was going to go strategic with it. But I like the fact that he had no choice because he got shot in the neck with the BBs or whatever because the very small bullet holes, very little blood. Right, yeah. Uh, same thing with the other guy who got shot. Just they're in the all, back they're of the all head, shooting just, red riders, yeah. Yeah, just a small little red line of blood. So yeah, I thought... 
I thought that was good. His facial acting and his like attempts at speaking were really good because you could really tell that he was trying to convey something but couldn't. I thought both Zira was great. Cornelius was good. Dr. Zaius was kind of menacing. And I, it's hard because they don't have facial features that move really. Mm-hmm. Other than some little like twitches that apes would have. Particularly I noticed at the end when... When Taylor goes to kiss Zira, you can just see her fiancé's just, like, snout doing a bunch of weird stuff. Like, motherfucker, you're touching my girl. Don't right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. You could see the jealousy. He was razzled, like, yeah. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> alpha male kind of, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you could see him getting a little amped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, that, those little touches were nice. But, I mean, it's it's hard with the apes. Like, I think they all did a, a good enough job. Other than, like, weird gates, like I said, and different way in which their bodies move like that's all part of the acting and i thought all of that was great and conveyed ape-like movement which was cool nor is obviously the standout i mean just the way she delivers every single line is amazing oh (laughs) she yeah she was having an affair with the president of fox at the time which is how she got cast in this movie well i mean if you're gonna noah yeah yeah and then married him if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to get your job by sleeping with the president or whatever, might as well be the one without I any I knew there lines. was some story about her sleeping with someone <laughs> mm-hmm. with the movie, so. Richard Zanuck. Yeah. Maybe he's not the president of Fox, but. A higher was, up. Yeah. In some capacity. He yeah. He was not a custodian. Mm. Um, Got it. Okay. But, hey. it, you know, at least it's a non-speaking role that's not pivotal to the movie. It's not like she, you know, ruined uh, Zira by being in this role, yeah. like. You know, she's just she's just there. Yeah. She's just Christina model with uh, some eyebrow yeah. inserts uh, or Um Do you know who, after this movie came out, was devastated that they turned down the role of Zira? Ingrid Bergman. Really? Yeah. Okay. She said, I really could have brought great regal bearing to the role or regal something. She, like, it was just so, <laughs> like, I would have had so much fun with that. I mean, it does seem like it would be a fun role to play one of the apes. Because you just get to, like, goof around on set. I mean, the makeup would have been hell, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ronnie McDowell does five of these movies. And he's Cornelius. Cornelius, yeah. Okay. yeah. He's also the one, when you see them do those little twitches, he's the one who kind of keyed into that and told everyone, figure out what weird kind of facial movements you're going to do and make ticks for your character. One, because it's more ape-like, but two, because... We're wearing all of this plastic latex. It's going to make everything move and look more realistic. Mm -hmm. And people will then feel like they're looking at an actual face and not someone wearing a very realistic mask. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, I mean, they're all essentially wearing the same face. Yeah. And so it makes it really hard to kind of differentiate people. Like, um, I noticed when when he goes running through, like, the the museum of, of... uh, primal people during the mayhem in Apeville sequence. Yeah. <laughs> the Museum of Humility. Yeah, uh, he comes around the corner and he scares uh, like a mom and a kid, but it looks like Zira and her nephew. So, like, if you don't have that kind of facial tick or character defining thing about you, you easily get lost in the shuffle. It would make it very hard to figure out like who's who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even the wardrobe didn't give anyone any favors with that because a lot of them look the same. Oh yeah, they're all wearing a green garb with or some the tan. Of, like like yeah. if you're some sort of authority, you have yeah, you the tan orange or one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone thought the makeup was torture. Kim Hunter, who plays Zira, 
said she started taking either Xanax or Valium just to get through it. Oh, yeah. Just to be able to sit still for so many hours to have it sure, applied. Yeah, yeah. I would assume they don't have it down to the science they do now in terms of speed and the special tape and glue and all the things that they have now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been much more arduous in 1967 to mm-hmm. sit there for eight hours getting makeup done. Yeah. In a trailer in Arizona where you probably have no air conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, they couldn't eat really the, any, anything they ate they had to do through a straw. But Roddy McDowell just relished it and he would leave the makeup on. Like he would leave with the makeup on and go drive and shit and just <laughs> see how, how many places he could go with it on. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have fun with it, that's yeah, the key. You don't want to do thing. that every day and take it off. Because it probably takes just as long to get it all off just to put it on. Right. Yeah. you got to love your job. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the moral of that story. I love, like, every now and again, some of the shots, you can see, like, the, their teeth inside the mouth. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, that looks creepy. I see, I didn't notice any of that. I mean, I guess... It I was only sparingly, it, but... and I was like, I see that guy's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I see them. I see him. I see you, chompers. Um, what do you think of the reveal? I think it's a great reveal. The apes on horses. Oh, it was good because yeah. I thought the primitive man were Correct. the apes at first, which is a great sort of like yeah, bait good, switch. Yeah. yeah, a good misdirect because they were doing a really good job of just showing them from the back or just showing them amongst the brush, just showing like hair and didn't look as ape like as I knew because I knew what the characters kind of looked like. I knew they wore clothes. I knew they had more defined facial features that I thought I would have been able to tell. But as I was looking at them, I'm like, oh, is this a tribe of more primitive apes or are these like the kids or the foragers or whatever? Like this is the lower class, the serfs, if you will. Right. Of the ape culture. Poverty line like, ape, yeah. Not like, oh shit, those are just people. So that was that was cool. I didn't expect I feel like I maybe knew there was people, but not to the extent that Oh right. We didn't, I didn't really think about that. You going in knowing that it's just the three dudes or whoever. Yeah, crash I, landing on. Yeah, I, I, a planet of apes. Just yeah, I'm apes. trying to think if I knew. I feel like it probably at some point I knew that there was people in it because there would have been prisoners and there might have been sure. stragglers. But I really thought they were apes and that this is how we were kicking off. But then once you realize that they're scared of something, once you realize that they're people, I'm like, oh, this is where the yeah. apes are coming in. They're not going to do this kind of misdirect, and then I got to wait 20 more minutes for apes. But, no, that was really cool. I liked it a lot. And them coming in, like, on horseback was very badass. And all of the angles are from the people. So the people on, the monkeys on horseback look gigantic, which I think is a nice touch. Yeah. And I was surprised they had guns. That seemed like, you know, they have all these other, like, very primitive tools and scrolls and all these, other, like, guns seemed... There's too a couple, technologically yeah, there's a couple things in the movie like they got plumbing in yeah. certain areas and it's well, like what's going on they they've decided to cheap out i think in serling's original draft it was closer to the novel where it was you know much more futuristic they had um drawings done of like flying machines like the apes were gonna go in these little like da vinci helicopters well, da vinci, nice hell yeah um that would be cool but <laughs> it was going to be it was going to increase the budget so much that yeah. they essentially said okay let's scale back let's make it more primitive you know we joked about flintstones but they looked at bedrock in particular like yeah. use this yeah, as it looks our like, inspiration it, it does yeah it town. looks like the live action john goodman flintstones like just stone houses and stairs and 
always different swivel chairs yeah, and shit, architecture yeah. and shit yeah like i have expected like a bird shower and, <laughs> you know like they've turned it into you know they got a saber-toothed tiger to, to shuck the corn from the field or something right. yeah. you know but yeah the guns surprised me i was like oh shit they have guns I don't think I knew they had guns. I think the funniest part is it's like they're so villainous and malicious and uh, evil in the beginning and then they're like taking pictures afterwards. Yeah. With the fucking camera. I laugh, I laugh pretty hard at the camera when they're like, cheese, they're like, smile, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the old fashioned one too with the flashbulb. Oh, and, yeah. Which again, it's like, it's so weird that so much of their culture is primitive, but that like they have cameras and they have guns and like they have pens like they weren't using quill or there's some inconsistency to the technology for yeah sure. it's yeah so it's like but i mean that would potentially be the case if you're going and finding like clearly dr. adopting Zayas, artifacts and antiquities yeah exactly is like, like dr zayas knew about the you know humanity's inability to not kill itself they they could have found a gun and you know reverse engineered it or whatever they've had thousands of years to find artifacts and figure this shit out so, like, it's not beyond the realm that you pick and choose random things from the previous world to adapt in your new one. It was, I just didn't know they were going to have guns. Right. <laughs> Plus, it plays into Charlton Heston's, like, I, we need guns in this movie. I need to fire some guns. Right. And I like apes with guns. Yeah. So. Uh, that's why Bridget saw the third one. <laughs> yeah. You see well, I think guns. that's what I told Brian to do. And then Brian brought her and they both hated it. <laughs> Brian, you gotta go see this movie, dude. Ace they got guns. guns. <laughs> Fucking monkeys with guns. Yeah, see, even knowing... Don't take your bride now. <laughs> even seeing the newer ones, where, the, again, they do have guns, Yeah, those take place closer to modern times Correct. than they do this weird, far-flung future. So that's why I thought, like, oh, this is super primitive. And I saw, like, the the, you know, they're tables are stone like they don't have beds Mm -hmm. they're just like grass on stone like or straw on stone uh and in the like emergency room like i saw the tools and they're very primitive it was just stabbies and 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 hitties like and tubies yeah yeah Yeah. and so that's really it and so to to see these other yeah it would have been better if there was crossbows or something a little more easier to swallow it's not yeah it's not even that it wasn't hard to swallow it's just like you know it was surprising but it, I guess it makes sense from the standpoint of you you would find random things and yeah. attribute them and work them into your new culture. Right. I'm more surprised that they were able to, like, fashion leather out of, like, you know, their things have, like, leather on them. Where are their cows? <laughs> you know, where did they get right. leather from? These are the kind of questions I want to answer to. Yeah, it's, it's fruit leather. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fruit leather, got it. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a statement piece and a snack. Yeah, okay. Pra- very practical. Very practical. These apes are really smart. We didn't really talk about the beginning very much, but I was taken aback when the the lady astronaut was super dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she yep she missed the wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. something happened. Like I knew something was up with the way they just cut to the three dudes, and there wasn't that fourth like, hey, let's let's open her pot up and see what her she's got going on. I didn't expect skeleton or like oh. crypt keeper level of decomposition. I thought, oh, she's dead. That's super sad. They can't. Thank be... God she was dead because oh. Charles Heston was like all three of us were hot and eager. Yeah, I think was verbatim what he said. Or she was hot and eager. Somebody was hot and eager yeah. to to be the new Eve. Or I think they the they were Adam. hot and eager to make her the new Eve. 
is what the line was, yeah. which I have never heard, even though I've seen this movie dozens of times as an adult. Never yeah, so had I'll that tickle my then. ear. Yeah. <laughs> Fully yes. message in. Yeah. So, I mean, R.A.P., but, like, dodged a bullet. Dodged a real bullet, yeah. <laughs> Several bullets. Yeah, that's cre- that was really creepy, that whole speech about, like, yeah, we were going to... Oh, she was going to be the new Eve. It was going to be mm, so good. <laughs> Dude, I calm, know, yeah. Calm down. She's deceased. Have some respect. I really wish they would kind of, like, dial that part of his character back, like, just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I get some of, like, the swagger is fine, yeah. but sometimes it was just... <laughs> when they're escaping and it's like, what is he? He's like, no, I want this. I want her. her. I want her. It's like, no, you can't bring her. We don't need her. He's like, I want her. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting her. <laughs> It's like, good God, dude. What's the other line about... Stroking her face. Yeah. We were... Plenty of love making, but no love was made. Some weird... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was talking about all the women he could have got Yeah, all of his adventures on Earth, like, is... Yeah. I I love... On this same track, at the end, when he comes out, they find out that uh, the tailor has taken uh, this woman, you know, his mate, this female, as she's referred to, several times, and Dr. Zayas is like, I didn't know man could be monogamous. And he's like, on this planet, it's easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so that's funny you mentioned that again because it's one of my fi- my uncle's favorite lines in the movie, too. So, I see why he wasn't invited back to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I think you repeated that and I was like, yeah. Maybe Easter. <laughs> it's every wedding anniversary. Yeah, every wedding anniversary. Yeah, on this planet, it's easy. Like, oh, dude. The thing, like... I can deal with asshole, but like rapey asshole becomes a little too hard for me to root for his survival. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're crying at the end of this movie. Yeah. You suck. I hesitate to think what you would have done to the Statue of Liberty had she been in one piece. Right. <laughs> so, really? So, so much you want to do these other women. It's out, it's out of hand. Torched. This Lady Liberty shows some respect. But Cornelius and Zero are so cute with their little kiss at work. Oh, yeah, I love the, just, they just smack their faces. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like again, there's no lips, really, yeah. on any of these, so it's just, I don't, I don't think that's how apes kiss. I feel like there's, there's lips, typically, but we'll have to watch the National Geographic one to confirm this. This is Fourth week, yeah. Um, but it was just really funny to just watch them just, like, bash their faces together. Adam, is there anything you'd like to see in a sequel to this movie? Um... Yeah, I mean, I the next one is Beneath the Planet of the Apes, right? Correct. So I, I get a feeling that they we're going to go subterranean, that there might be other cultures and other civilizations. I would like to see more of the breakdown of society, maybe, or... Like, I don't think we're going to get flashbacks. That might be a thing that comes next movie or later movies to see what kind of happened. But I would like to kind of pull it that thread a little bit. Maybe find some other artifacts. Maybe start to work towards figuring that out. Because I do think that's an interesting aspect of this universe that's being built. Something that I think the newer trilogy tries to touch on and tries to tell that. Albeit in a much more condensed way. I would like to see some of those plot threads tug that a little bit. Just because I think that's the only thing that would make this a little bit different. Because if we're just going to do different ape tribes and him... Again, trying to convince people that he's not a mutant, that he's just a man and man can talk. You know, if it it becomes more of that, I'm going to be less inclined to to enjoy it. But 
I don't know what because I don't know what they can do with the ape human dynamic that would uh, be all that interesting and not repetitive. Because no matter who he goes to see, if he leaves behind the Doctor Zayas of the world, he's going to have to do this every single place he goes. Mm-hmm. And figure out, like, oh, shit, like, yes, I'm a human, yes, I can talk, look at me write stuff down, look at me solve a Rubik's Cube, like, I can do all these different things. Right. I have a brain and I'm smart. Let me work with you or help you or do whatever. I would enjoy if there was a an element of, I want to go somewhere else, like, I want to get off planet because I can't live amongst the apes or whatever. Uh, I'd like to maybe find some other intelligent humans that have hidden themselves away because they couldn't, they didn't have the guns, they didn't have the resources that these apes had because the apes seemingly had a head start. It's it's hard to tell. We don't get a sense of how much coexistence there was. It seems like humans were mostly wiped out when the apes rose. So I'm, because they were thought of as lesser and domesticated. So I'd like to see some of that and at least give him another human to talk to, maybe. That's probably what I'd like to see. All right. Because you guys have both seen the next one, correct? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. I just want to say yes, but it's... Yeah, it's uh, it's something. It's um, everything that I do remember about it, uh, it is fever dreamish in nature. Oh, I can't wait. It's bizarre cinema. <laughs> it's... I cannot wait. I was going to ask you, because since you've watched all the other ones fairly recently, and I have a very hard time under- remembering anything after the second one. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to do this, but to say we jumped like three or four or whatever, are we missing shit from two, etc.? Um, I think you could jump from one to three pretty pretty easily one to four might be tough <laughs> I, I'm five just, would yeah, be I'm just incredibly yeah. challenging i think once you know the general arc right you can like there's ones that i go back to and ones that i've only seen yeah. again recently i think two is going to give you a pretty good idea of where the series heads and the tone mm-hmm. and that somewhat it, really does not give a shit <laughs> what you want it to be. Yeah. Quite frankly. Does it, it at least follow its own lore? Like, does it follow oh, its own yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because that, be, that could be problematic with so many sequels is that eventually they're tripping over themselves to yeah, find different their writers, logic. whatever. Yeah, yeah They'll exactly. bring their own ideas. Yeah. And being like, well, wouldn't it be amazing if this happened? And be like, well, that can't really happen because of this other thing that was a throwaway line three movies ago and now you're making that the basis of your seventh movie like yeah. eh, let's let's walk it back a little bit i'm you're, right. you're losing me here right right and that comes out 69 let me see or 70 i would imagine i think we gotta get one to get another ape out 1970 it comes out yeah, we got 70, 71, 72, and 73. Do who do we have returning talent? We have returning talent. Um, is it just Cornelius? No, and actually Cornelius does not show up. I forgot. He is not in Beneath. Roddy was not there. Kim uh-huh. Hunter comes back. Okay. Nova's back. Um, Hopefully she likes to talk by then. Dr. Zayas. Heston's back. So... Some of the other sequels 
are not kind of direct hit like moment to moment like i'm trying to think it's not you're on country roads at this point i mean i think the second one you're getting you're both are on the highway you're still on the highway <laughs> yeah yeah you're still yeah you haven't gotten off a ramp yet you haven't you know gone from 84 to 91 you're still traveling right. west well in this case you're going 95 south this is just yeah true yeah. you're going 95 south along the shoreline which now that i think about it because you brought up a good point in mm-hmm. between so they sh- we are shown a map a crude map at some point in this movie mm-hmm. of where his spaceship fell from the sky and where they currently are and bridget you mentioned that kind of looks like long island it or does. it looks like the the coastline of New York, Connecticut, almost. Yeah. It, they, Cornelius pulls out a map in his apartment where he explains, we're here in Apeville. This is the Forbidden Zone. This is where you were captured. This is where you're saying your ship landed. And it's just kind of a, a goofy prop map. It's not especially detailed. It's not really topographical. But there's green blues but if you look at the general outline and shape you can see long island the sound the connecticut shoreline do they travel back east towards towards that area or are they actually going west at the end of the movie they are going i think they are going west oh no they're going they're going assuming the map is held north south east west when we're when we see it yeah I think he says that the Forbidden Zone is to the east. Yes, because okay. my only east. thing is he's he's riding. He's got the ocean on his right. He's heading north. What is he doing? I right? can't. I'm already. That means he's coming from New Jersey and he's coming up to New York, and then he sees the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the implication. Yeah. Maybe she shifted. She may have shifted. That's the thing we don't because we don't know at least. In it could have floated. Context, yeah, we don't know what happened. Like, did it, it could have ended up sink into the into the sea? Did the Ellis Island sink into the sea? Mm-hmm. Was it a nuclear winter that blew it up and it yeah. flew hundreds of miles and landed in the sand? Yeah. yeah, like I don't. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, it easily could have been something where that was uh, that was from New York, New York. That's the fake oh, Statue yeah, yeah, of Liberty of out there in Vegas, and you know this is. This is Utah that we're looking at. Like, I really yeah. don't know. Because they don't give any kind of semblance other than the Statue of Liberty as to where this could be besides Earth. Right. Has there ever been any thought, and I don't know, I'm sure that there's all kinds of super in-depth nerd writing on this. Was there ever any implication or thought that maybe it's not his Earth that he returned to? That he went through a wormhole and this is an alternate reality Earth? That you know of, at least, as people who've been longer time fans of the series than me? I would say there's stuff that comes up in the sequels, which, not so much alternate timelines, but just kind of wormholes and how that kind of bending and warping of time that happens in order for them to travel you know, not die, not really age, besides mm-hmm. grow a beard, except for what's her name? God bless her. But that sort of travel, like, what are kind of the implications for that long term? Okay, so there is there's, something in there's, universe for that? There's hints, it's com- at hints at least. Okay. There's things that come up. Okay. Because, you, you know, anytime there's any science fiction, anything, mm-hmm. there's always scholars and 
nerds and internet people and just sitting down there being like, but what if, and working out the details of like, based on what's said in the uh, film, if you yeah. extrapolate this, it's very possible that they could have gone through a wormhole and this is a separate dimension. Like it's earth, but it's not our earth. It's a different earth. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure if there were any kind of writings or leanings about that, but at the very least it not, sounds like there's, there's in universe. There's stuff. in universe stuff, not so much other dimensions, but kind of a little galaxy brain, if gotcha. you will. Okay. Now you've seen, I don't think we'll get in too far into what will happen this month, but you've seen some of the other, you've seen all three of the newer ones. Yeah, all three of the, the Andy Circus uh, Caesar. Right, and you haven't seen the Tim Burton one. I've not seen the Tim Burton one, so we'll, we'll get into that. And you've seen the Tim Burton one? I've seen the Tim Burton one, okay. but it's been a long time. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get more in depth on those. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do kind of a recap for this one next week as we get into, because we're going to do Beneath next week. Yeah, we got to do Beneath. We got to go below. I think I feel a little bit like Dr. Zayas right now being like, be careful what you go looking for, Adam. You may not like what you find. Um, but I do think... Saying next week's going to be my hell? <laughs> no, no. I think some of... I don't think you'll be bored. Okay. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um <laughs> Um, and I, I will be very interested to see what your thoughts are. Yeah. I mean, I won't go in uh, too far into the expectations for next week right now, but just briefly, I will say, I don't, I don't have a high bar for it just because you don't know anything. Well, I don't know anything, but also older sequels don't like, they seem more cash grabby. Not that modern sequels aren't, mm -hmm. but the fact that these are. They go you know, 70, 71, yeah, 72, exactly. 70, yeah. It's the the law of diminishing returns. I This captured the imagination and took the box office by storm and it became a, seemingly became a like, quick, we need something. And so I, again, don't have the highest expectations for it, but you guys seem to at least think it'll be a hoot, so. <laughs> it'll be hooty. Yeah. And because this one didn't knock it's, my socks off, I'm not like, oh man, it's got a a lot to live up to, it can go from fine to okay or yeah. from good to fine. Even if it drops off, maybe it'll be that like, this is so stupid, but I like enjoyed it way more because of how stupid it is. So there's a right, lot right, that right. can happen, but yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So next week we go beneath the planet of the apes, but until then, let us know what your favorite planet of the apes movie is, whether you like, the originals, Tim Burton, whoever you are, one person probably, <laughs> if you like the new ones, um, if there's a particular sequel you think we should cover, let us know. Um, you can also find us. Adam, where can people find us? Uh, you can find this podcast as you're listening to it every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also rate and review the show in app on Apple Music and Spotify. So let us know what you think of the show. Help us uh, by giving it five stars as we greatly appreciate that. We greatly appreciate all of our listeners. You can tell us all about your favorite Planet of the Apes movies, comics, TV shows probably. It's probably an animated series somewhere in there. Oh, God, uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think there, there was a cartoon at the, one point. There you go. Uh, you can Goodness. let us know all about that on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, but that will do it for this week's episode of Fine Out Watch It. And as always, for Fine Out Watch It, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.